Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do, and they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them, drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me again for another awesome episode. I am joined by Carly for a part three, and this episode is one for the records. Wow, we dive into all kinds of different topics, but more importantly, we share our hearts about the relationship with God, talking about the everyday experiences, revelation, prayer life, and love being the greatest of the commandments and how honoring and loving other people really is causing the ripple effect to go out and to grow and to increase and to change all of those things that have been stagnant because love has not been introduced into the body the way that we believe it should be, being it is the greatest commandment. And we're hoping this is very helpful for you guys listening. We have gotten a ton of responses emails from all around the world about Carly's journey and her testimony, us painting the picture, which we believe this is what the church should be doing. We should be having these vulnerable situations, but we should also be willing to testify of the goodness of God. And you're going to find a lot of that here on this episode. So you guys leave me that five-star rating and review. That's how you help the show grow. You help the algorithms that way. And also share this episode and any other episode here on the Mustard Seed with a friend, family member, a coworker. Share it with your pastor. That's how you help us reach more people just like us. And in the details in the show notes, you guys can find 
the links to help us in our time of need. You can find the website. You can find the email address if you'd like to reach out to me. We've had more listeners reaching out upon request, and we're honored to be getting in contact with more people like us. And we also have some returning guests to stir the pot a little bit that you guys will certainly enjoy. And there are some new people that we've gotten in contact with that are getting scheduled to come on the Mustard Seed for season five, which starts January of this coming year. We are definitely going to (laughs) send out the ripple effect and stir some stuff up with what is planned. But for right now, I am excited to jump into this episode, this part three with Carly, and I'm ready to go. Are you guys ready? Let's go. This is Carly Tebbs and welcome to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Carly, that was an awesome introduction and it is great to be back with you for a part three. Amen. I'm happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we've had quite a journey this far. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair to say. We've been diving into the deep end of the pool here and it's just really great to be back with you because I know your relationship with the Lord really does model what the body's relationship should look like in the sense of it is very personal and we have encounters that we're not ashamed to talk about. And I'd like to see that become more common in the body. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Before we really jump into it, let me just ask you what's new recently. Did you do anything cool? Were you traveling by chance at all? I was, I went to, Uh mm -hmm. I went to the bride tribe advance. It's a conference retreat with bride ministries, but they don't call it a retreat because we don't retreat. We advance. <laughs> yes, we advance. That's, that's how the story goes. So I hear. And it was in Houston. It was a beautiful time. Um, 14 of my family members were there. And that was just such a blessing to have such a large cohort of of us to to partake in all the, um, just the blessing and the time in the Lord, the time of fellowship, just to see the body of Christ at liberty in even the weirdness you know, because yeah. if you know Bride, it's not your standard Christian formulaic ministry. They're helping people who are in deep, deep um, bondage. And when they get liberty, they're not afraid to be weird for Jesus. And it's not to say it's that Holy Ghost, Holy Roller. Remember the 80s? There was that movement and people would be like thrashing around and it was real, real wild. Yeah, I think, I think Benny Hinn was one of the people that comes to mind. But anyway, I don't mean that kind of weird. I just mean like free free to cry, free to laugh, free to run around with the banner and just at liberty in the Lord. We're supposed to have joy. We're supposed to feel oneness. And it was a lot of that. And it's nice that the Lord has made a home for people who have ventured through the woo-woo with Jesus and without him, that you can come together and it's it's freedom. It's nice feel feeling of oneness and freedom. So that was, we got back on Sunday, the 12th. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully someday in the future, Lord willing, I can go and uh, just get crazy and be free and have fun and chill with all of you guys at one of the advancement 
uh, retreats. Uh, well, you know what I mean. It's not really a retreat <laughs> because we're advancing, but it's hard to say. It, it sounds awkward <laughs> so, to the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, well, that's not really what's happening. But why are we calling it that? So, I mean, that's so cool. I know Dan will be on very soon, actually, in the next couple of days. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely interesting to be able to connect with him again. So for the listeners, you guys uh, will hear this one and then be expecting Dan's episode to drop in the very near future. But tonight, Carly, we are going to get into a wild conversation that is unplanned and we are winging it. Yes. Audience, you've heard me right. This is how it goes best. Every time is just <laughs> being ourselves coming together and talking about, listen, this is what God's doing in my life. This is whatever gift we have. You know, I've been working with, you know, some people that are seers um, or prophetic in nature and just to hear like their heart, but how it's, it's one spirit, one truth, but a diversity of gifts. And so it's like, we're, Mm. we're all worshiping God, lifting up the name that is above all names, Yeshua HaMashiach. But to see the individual gifts, Carly, this is fascinating. It's a blessing. So let's talk a little bit about your gift. I mean, one of the comments that did come through, we're going to shout out to Hulk. Please don't smash Hulk. (laughs) But (laughs) you had commented and and said how fascinating it was Carly's relationship with the Lord is. And, you know, just kind of what you do, like how do you enter in and, you know, how do you advance to that place where it's so personable and there's just so much trust in the Lord. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you, Carly, and just... uh, yeah, just give us an overview if you can kind of paint a picture of uh, what that looks like and help some of us along the way here. It's a difficult thing to present as a formula that can be replicated. This is where I struggle. When I read that comment, I I thought about it on and off for really um, over a month. And it's hard to present it in a way that somebody else can replicate because it's so personal. Like I was telling you off air, it's... um. It's so intimate and personal that even though we're all Christians, our walk with him isn't the same. I'm my husband's wife, but I'm, I couldn't be the wife I am for some other person because that's a totally different person. <laughs> and I guess the kind of tongue-in-cheek thing that I could say is that I just literally had to die a lot. I had to die over and over again. I had to die to my ideas of who God is and the limits I placed on him. I had to die to who I thought I was and the limits I placed on myself, I had to set aside childish things, attitudes, just so much. And, you know, part of the story for me is really getting severely church hurt and having nothing to stand on except Jesus is Lord and God is good. And the Lord had to build me back up from that place but these aren't these aren't necessarily things that somebody could go looking for like Hulk is not going to go out there and look to get severely injured by church leadership right? just so he <laughs> can have a that's great the relationship only way with for the this Lord. to work <laughs> right <laughs> right so i i think my best advice would be just keep going don't retreat keep spending time in the word be willing to lay down the parameters you set on god and what he can be to you personally. Read the word, get around people who love the Lord too, and intentionally invest in those relationships. 
One thing that has gone a long way in my life is my close circle of friends and family because we get together every week, every Sunday, and we eat and our kids play and we fellowship and we talk about what's good. And we've been doing this every Sunday for four years. There's no leader. We just come together. We're not even being very formal about, oh, what's the scripture of the week? What we do is we talk about what's good, and we have struggled through things together. And in doing that, we have seen the faithfulness of God show up in each other's life, which builds our faith in God. So when I'm down and out and struggling, I can remember what my sister went through. I can remember what my friend went through because we've walked heart to heart for years, and it gives me strength. And really, to know the Lord is to know other people intimately. And to know other people intimately is to know the Lord, because we are the revelation of him. At the, conf- at the conference I was just talking about, my husband had a revelation. He's, I too have had this struggle where I'll see the Lord, I'll see Jesus. He'll appear to me, I'll meet him in the spirit, many different things. But I almost never see his face clearly. And my husband and I in our group here that went to the advance, we're talking about this like, yeah, we haven't either, you know. And then my husband's eyes were opened. I don't remember if it was at night or whatever. But he said he saw Jesus's face and he looked like every one of us. His, his facial features weren't static. And it just made him realize that we are the revelation of Christ in the earth, and he is the revelation of us. This is how we inherit him, and he inherits us. And, it's, and it goes even to the very basic level of appearance. And I think, well, in part, what the Lord was showing my husband was symbolic. You know, what does the Bible say? The greatest of these is love, right? And when we look at each other, we have to recognize that we're seeing an expression of Yeshua. And that's where honor comes in, because without honor, the enemy can just run roughshod on relationships. But when you truly honor other people, it is a protective force. It's another weapon of the kingdom of God, just like I spoke about a while ago about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Honor is very much the same way. And so is love. My sister-in-law said years ago, stuck with me so hard, I've seen it over and over again. Love is the weapon the enemy never sees coming, literally cannot see it. And love protects and binds and catches the enemy in his own gallows. <laughs> so I know that's not really a straightforward answer, but I just say to you, keep going, keep going, keep seeking the Lord, keep spending time with him in worship, partner with people who have a good relationship with the Lord and build those relationships. So many things came to mind when you were speaking there. What a great way to answer that, because honestly, it's like you gave the template, seek Mm -hmm. ye first the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. Get in the word, follow after the word, and let everything else fall into place. And I loved what you said about dying to self. You know, we did joke off air, you know, 15 minutes ago about 
uh, you know, death boot camp for 15 years on replay and like, Hey, like here I am now. Like, I, and it's so true because so true. we really do have to die to ourselves. And it's not just like one time mm-hmm. it's the apostle Paul in the new Testament talks about, I wrestle the flesh daily. Yeah. And I lost a lot. <laughs> I lost that wrestling a lot. Yeah. It wasn't like this string of, of like measurable victories over my flesh. There were times. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. But there's an old exactly. song by Donnie McClurkin. Mm. Remember that one? I'm I'm not going to sing it good because I have a cold right now. But it's like we fall down, but we get up. For a mm. saint is just a sinner who fell down, but got back up. And that's just the thing about it. You Hold on, no wait. Keep... You're telling me you didn't sing good because you have a cold. That was amazing. That was, I'm sure okay, that was. I have a cold. Gate. I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> sure I, I'll sound was... like a broken plate and opera being played backwards at the same time. It's just not gonna be good if I try. But, but <sighs> wow. that's just the yeah. thing is you have to just keep getting back up. Yes. Just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. Well, and I think that's the battlefield of the mind. Like a lot of the times, people, you know, the religious spirits and this battle that takes place where. The, the accuser of the brethren is shooting fiery arrows at most people's minds saying, you're not worth it. Look what you did. And it's like, yeah, get back up and keep pressing in. You know, I was talking mm-hmm. earlier with friend and brother in Christ and I'm saying to him, it's God who started this good work in us will bring it to completion. So obviously right now is not completion, right? <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. a process taking Word. place. Like mm-hmm. it is, taking place and and we are being captured up into this love story you know this love story of god and him doing what it is that only he can do making a way paying the price calling us out of darkness you know there's like there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper no no angel no demon no alien no nothing can snatch us from the Mm -hmm. hand of him who is love and it's like if we were a little bit easier on ourselves. And I'm saying this for a listener out there. Like if, if you want to know how to go deeper, like Carly said, die to yourself. And when you don't die, like recognize and learn from that. You know, mm-hmm. the Greek word for training, guganzo, and it means intense intermittent training sessions. Hmm. And, and like, like, that's how we should kind of be approaching this. So really you just lighten my heart by sharing, you know, Carly, the fact that it's like, Hey, this is a process and mm. and your whole Sunday family dinner thing, like talking about what's good. Oh my gosh. Somebody needs to like literally do like a what's good Sunday and just yeah. make it a thing. Yeah, like, I'll do it. Put it on a t-shirt and it's... get it out there and, and talk. Yeah. There's power in the tongue, you guys. Okay. Really Carly, good. keep going. Cause I know you have something here. So yeah, the Sunday thing, I, if I could spread one message, well, Jesus knows I couldn't narrow it down to one. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say this. If you have a group of friends that are believers, get together as often as you can and make it something that you do every however often you do it and share your heart. Be open. Be vulnerable. Cry. Be ugly. Be whatever you got to be. You don't have to come with the right answers. You don't have to always know. Many of our meetings, we sometimes, man, sometimes, yo. Sometimes one of us would be on struggle bus and it would be real. And we do it with just us women. The men meet uh, in behind the garage in this like finished part of the garage. So we don't we don't do men and women mix because our needs are different. The way we talk to each other is different. 
But the men have been meeting for years, too. I don't know what they do in there. I don't want to know. But I'll tell you what we do. <laughs> We're really real with each other, and we go through it. And it's been life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And healing, too, especially for the, the church-hurt people out there. Yeah, you can see how the body is supposed to be. You can find yourself in the midst of other people really seeking the Lord. You can, it's a strange thing, but the way that Jesus yeah. talks about oneness, it really plays out when you lay down your guard. These are the kind of conversations, Carly, that bring heaven down. Amen. These are the kind of conversations where we literally are, are it's, this is good. Now, wow. Yeah. A lot of the times we think that this big corporate building with all of these people and the lights and the music is going to be the rewarding us intimately. And we're going to feel fulfilled there. And we're going to feel, listen, I, I don't like beating up on the church. I love the church. We have to do a deconstruction in order to put things back the right way. So they operate better. It's not like, Oh, let's take this apart and just never put it back together again. But the, yeah. the intimacy with the Lord and how that can be expressed through bearing each other's burdens, fulfilling mm -hmm. the lo this law of love. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's one way to do it. Love. The greatest of all those things, hope and uh, you know, all these fruits was love. It's love. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this about the church. You know, I was real poo poo about the church for a long time. And the Lord corrected me one day. He said, you know, I take you judging my bride very seriously. And I could feel him dis disapproving of my attitude, not in a, you know, now I'm turning my back on you kind of way, golly, but just in a corrective, stern, fatherly <laughs> way. And so I realized that it's just not my, my place. Do I like the formulaic two fast songs, one slow song, or one fast song, two slow songs, blah, 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 same every Sunday, every corner and the entire, I don't love it. I don't feel fulfilled in that, but it's his bride, and that's his to correct. I will say this, though. I think there's, at certain p points in our walk, you know, there is a place for that predictable pattern for people who live very unpredictable, chaotic lives it can be very comforting to come into a place that's the same week after week after week. If you don't have that outside wow. of Sunday, yeah. you need that. You need it. Will you grow out of, of that formulaic thing? Maybe. You know, I, I feel like in some ways I did, but, you know, then I just meet the Lord in my own time and he does what he does with me personally, right? But to be honest with you and – this is something that really hit my heart that Dan Duvall was talking about a few weeks ago in one of his sermons. I, I would have to find it again if you wanted to share it in the notes. But <clears throat> he said a lot of people approach church with this gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy attitude. And I thought, oh, Lord, that's me. And that's why I don't go because I don't get anything from it because it's very much geared towards new believers. And that's fine. God bless that process. I was there too. No shame. None whatsoever. But I was looking at church to fulfill my needs. And the Lord said to me, but 
I fulfill your needs. And you and I have a dynamic relationship in which if you have a need, you know how to come to me. You know when I speak to you. So why are you looking down on my church for not fulfilling a need that I'm fulfilling for you? And it really was an issue of correction. And he said, what I need you to do now, and this is what I'll present to the you know, mature believers who've been walking with the Lord and are confident in their ability to hear from him and are producing the fruit of the Spirit and they're operating in discernment and there's measurable effect of your walk with him in your life. Go back to the church and be the pillar that those new believers need. Because it's important as a new believer, I can remember coming to church and and there was something comforting about seeing the same people there every week, allowing myself to get to know them or for them to get to know me. And even if we weren't buddy-buddy, heart-to-heart, bosom friends, just seeing those people week after week, modeling what it is to walk after the Lord, seeing them cry you know, in worship or serve or do whatever, it let me see down the road a little bit and gave me hope that the chaos of my own life would become something that is ordered. And there's a lot of different opportunities nowadays. I know we have this church here in Minnesota. I, some of my more, you know, people who have been walking with the Lord for a while go to, and they just do lengthy worship sets. Like, like church is just one long worship set, which sounds amazing, right? Like we can read the word and do all this stuff, but wouldn't it be nice to just go have some like corporate worship every week and just forget the sermon part? Because when you're in worship, oftentimes you'll hear from the Lord for yourself and that's something you've been struggling with will lift or your heart will change a little bit or just being in, in that atmosphere, is, it's helpful. You know, if you can sit in a sauna or a steam room and come out feeling rejuvenated, how much more the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. What if we had corporate worship like that, a place to weep and cry and just hit the floor? You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. what if some of the more teaching experiences were led by the spirit, you know, where the diversity of gifts are in operation on a smaller scale, but mm-hmm. yet still coming together and meeting. I think that that's amazing. I feel very led to read something that I wrote that that has to do with directly what you were just talking about. It's a poem, but it's more than that. And um, I call it Bodies. And the idea with it, uh, before I start reading it here, Carly, is it starts out talking about my body, right? And then there, mm. there's a lot of puns, and it ends up talking about the body of Christ. So th- there's kind of an uh, interesting shift that takes place. But bear with me here. I'm going to read this to you and the audience quick. Okay. I'm a nobody living in a body. I've seen somebody lose their body. The trauma goes deep, I swear. Parts of my body don't work like a normal body. Much of the time, I'm in despair. I'm not normal to everybody. Some mock and they stare. Some have abused my body. I wonder, does anybody care? I've heard of the one who created my body in my mother's womb, wonderfully and fearfully created, embodying his design and truth. I ponder on this fearful that I may never really know, the length and the depth, the breadth and the height, as my body shakes and trembles during the darkest times of night. I wake to tell everybody about somebody who covers with his body. His name is Christ. He says he has a body of believers, a rare remnant, 
a body that cares. I wonder how to help a body that's fearful and so scared. He tells me, be the body and never compare. Each member makes the body and of this I deeply care. Continue to love my body, becoming nobody for love is rare. It covers many sins. I see you son and I care. And if they come to kill your body, being you represent my body, remember my body in despair. Broken and beaten, crucified, I gave my body for love. It's all a part of the plan, my son. Stay focused on what's above. I'll be with you and everybody till the end of the age, I swear. Waiting with a heavenly body and nothing you now know could compare. Wow. Amen. Wow. That's profound. And yeah, I just really felt I did not plan on that. Seriously. It's just, you were talking and I just felt like the, okay, like, you know what? Read this one. This is going to hit somebody like it hit me when I wrote it in tears. And so hopefully uh, if you're out there and that poem affected you, write me an email, write a review, let me know, reach out to me and give me a confirmation, whoever you are listener, but, but Carly, um, thank you for allowing me to share that with you as well. Hopefully that was, uh, Made it sense. was. It made a lot of sense. And it actually made me think about my own struggles with, you know, the Lord calls our body the temple. I was really struggling with this body. Now I'm 43 and it's just not what it was. And and no, there there comes there came a serious amount of lamentation, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Over this. You know, it's just yeah. like, God, why? And yeah. um and and the Lord said, well, your body is my temple. And I thought, dang, my spirit should be your temple. Even my soul might make a better temple, but my body? And then my friend said to me, how do we act in a place that we believe is holy? And the images that come to mind is you're reverent. You, your heart is open. You take in the beauty, you respect it, you speak well of it. And I don't do that for my body. And I would venture a guess that a lot of people don't do that for their body. And then the Lord said to me, so how are you moving around in your body? And I said, not very well. I feel like a lot of the times I condemn my body for not reaching some ideal even if that falls short of you know society's ideal i'm not going that far that's 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 it's a different level but um so well your body deserves love too and i could i when it was so hard to conceptualize loving my body for its own sake and not so that i can hopefully that love will produce something out of it that I like aesthetically, or maybe I won't be so tired, or maybe I won't need coffee, or maybe, you know, this or that will be different. Like, okay, I'll love my body because that way it'll look better. This was my attitude about it. Wow. I'm like, that's not love though. And the Lord and I wrestled with this mm. thing back and forth, back and forth. And there's this book, there's two books I highly recommend. Grab your pencil if y'all are taking notes because these books are so helpful. One is called The Body Keeps the Score, and the other is called It Didn't Start With You. They're on Audible, so if you don't like to read physical books, they're on Audible. 
And awesome. they're all about transgenerational epidemiology. And I'm not an expert. I can just say words with multiple syllables. Basically what it is, is um, <clears throat> it's about cellular memory and how the memory of people that live before us in our genetic line live in our cellular memory. So we often think of our cellular memory as being like the color of our eyes, our height, our predisposition to liking math or not liking chocolate, whatever. But it also comes down to traumatic events and really exciting events. They that memory of those things lives in our body, which made me start to think about how many things are affecting my body that really didn't start with me. You know, like how many, like I don't have a plethora of chronic conditions, but I have some things that are just not that great. And, and so did my mother and so did my grandmother. But really, it's all linked to trauma that happened in generational lines that keeps manifesting in the same way. And there has to be a way to metabolize these traumas out of our body. And so I'm just kind of rehearsing this conversation I had with the Lord over several weeks. And the, the Lord pointed out to me, he's like, you accept my glory as being made manifest in your spirit because you understand that your spirit is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. There's other scriptures, but that's just the one I always land on. You, you have come to accept your soul and you're working towards love for your soul and your heart, and that's getting better. But do you realize your body is a witness to the glory of the Lord in your spirit? Your body is a witness to you loving and healing your soul and your heart, and yet your body is constantly the recipient of hate mail from you. <laughs> oh, my God. And how does that affect your body? Wow. Because nothing yeah. heals in an environment of rejection and shame. Nothing, nothing, including your body. And just think about the attitude of our hearts towards our bodies. And, and how many of those attitudes are manifesting as chains that we're asking the Lord to take off? But really, they're only there because we persist in this self-degradation of our body. Wow. Interesting. We have to love our body because it's the temple. So. Yeah. I started doing all these hikes this summer and some of those stories you heard, but, mm -hmm. and the Lord just started pointing out to me, aren't you thankful that you can do these things? Like your body's working. Aren't you glad? And I'm like, yeah, I am glad. I get to do things that I enjoy. Is it perfect? Do my feet hurt after eight miles? Yes, they do. Are there things that, but it doesn't matter because I can still do my assignment with the body that I have as it is. And for that, I love it. It's amazing. It's really deep. Man, I love these kind of conversations. Oh, I, and this is why I, I don't necessarily like having a plan because you, you're dropping some bombs. This, this is supernatural. Okay. You guys, it's not always a craft in the sky or the demons or spiritual mapping. Like, we have breath in our lungs. We have a relationship and, and we're growing and understanding mm -hmm. and learning. Like, like that is supernatural. That's amazing. Like, yeah. You know, the Lord said to me many oh, years yeah. ago, 
He said to me, my most overlooked miracle that I do every day is when somebody chooses to love somebody else or you choose to love yourself. Oh my gosh. It's a miracle. So on Thursdays, we've been doing this like men's prayer call, right? And and we're calling in and and sometimes we're just praying. Sometimes we're venting to each other and we had some really interesting stuff happen. Oh yeah. I'm not going to go into details on that, but super, super cool stuff happened. And I was saying to the guys last week, everybody is looking for this big miracle or they want to be healed or, you know, they want a million dollars and they don't want to have to work at like whatever. Everyone's looking for something, mm-hmm. but what about the wake up call and the reality to the biggest miracle you may see, not ever, but like that you could recognize right now is God changing the hearts of men and women. Yeah. Bringing love out of dry bones. Let's just face it, man, dry bones. And, and, but God, and it's like, that's a miracle because the pill doesn't do it. The bottle doesn't do it. Just talking with people alone doesn't do it. I mean, okay, is it healthy to have good communication and and maybe if you need to get some counseling? Absolutely. Bible Mm -hmm. says there's safety and wise counsel. The pill, no, just skip the pill. Let let your food be your medicine. Eat eat a little bit healthier, but but God is growing (laughs) something new inside of you. And to just recognize that, that's a miracle. Like It's it's super cool what they're uncovering and Babylon or Egypt right now, or, you know, in Israel, they're like, oh, there's this new archaeological dig and they found something. And I love that stuff. Not Mm -hmm. downplaying that at all. Right. But making it more personal. Like, I want to see the ripple effect go out from this part three, Carly, where people, you know, start to become a little bit more vulnerable. There's a key word that that, that was so much wisdom that God gave you to share the fact that there's power in vulnerability. And really, God's love working in and through us his he's the author and finisher of our faith we're working these things out and honestly seeing our hearts alone change do an evaluation you guys yeah geez pray and just be like don't forget where you came from like i need to really do this again and you know i kind of have been putting it on the back burner but just like really looking it over and being like, God, you've brought me from so that far. to here. Oh, Jesus. And God keeps swelling up my heart. Lord, do not allow my heart to turn cold and hard again. You know, don't let love grow cold, not in mm. this household as, yeah. as we wind into this age that people have so much to say about this time slot we're living in a million messages and signals, but God be with me and, and help me to love when I don't know how to Amen. show me that it's so important. the revelation of love is if we don't got that, we've missed it all. Carly, we missed it all. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we really have. And this last advance weekend in Houston was pressed upon me so intensely. His love. It's really the only thing that matters us and his love and his love for us and our love for each other. Because we can do everything else amazingly perfect. We can prophesy perfectly. But if we don't have love for each other and for the Lord, what is it going to avail? It's his love that caused him to sacrifice his son. 
It's his love for us that drew us. The goodness of God leads men to repentance. And then Amen. Yes. I was it's not his chastisement. It's not, oh, you're gonna go to hell and burn forever. It's his love that draws us, his goodness. Think about that. Think about how the meek inherit the earth. That's what it says. Tell me where. I can't remember. But the, it says the meek shall inherit the earth. Uh, what's this Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount. Perfect. Yeah. So I've often wondered at that because I'm like, I feel like the aggressive inherit the earth. <laughs> I'm like the meek. Jesus, have you met meek people? Because I don't know how that... Mm. For years, I pondered this was in my back pocket. I took it out and looked at it regularly and said, I still don't understand it. But this last weekend, he hit me with it. He said, when you are meek, you honor people above yourself. He didn't say this, but I'm going to add it for the listener's sake. That doesn't mean you're a doormat and you let people walk all over you and you have no boundaries and you're just a codependent, you know, lost soul who has no sense of self. That's not what I'm talking about. Look up the word meek. It'll help you. But he says, when you're meek, you honor people above yourself. You say, you know what? I'm going to be quiet and listen to your story. You say, wow, I really see the treasure God is inside of you. And, and I honor you for who you are and who he is in you. You intentionally allow others to be without insisting upon the revelation of you in the moment, let it be about somebody else. And now imagine if we lived our lives like this. I honor you, you honor me, I honor my husband, you honor your wife, we honor our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, the lady in the grocery store, the person who cuts you off and now you're sitting at the red light with them awkwardly trying not to make eye contact. What if, <laughs> <laughs> what if in these moments we chose to honor one another? What would that look like? Yeah. I'll, I have an idea. It would make no room for division. There would be no room for division because how could the enemy come and be like, you should hate that rich person. You should hate that white person. You should hate that black person. You should hate that drug addict. You should, because you'd be like, what? That person was made in the image and likeness of God, just like me. There are no big shots in the kingdom. That the 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 fentanyl addict in the bent on the street is just as loved by Christ as I am, just as loved. And you know, the thing about his love is that he chases after us. We have so many worship songs about, I love you, Lord. Come near me, Lord. I just want to be with you, Lord. God said to me the other day, I sing those songs over you. And not just me personally, but you and you and you and you too. He sings those songs over us because he longs for us. That's what love does. It longs to be connected to, to know, to walk with, to do life with, to be with, even in the hard times. And so the meek shall inherit the earth because when we honor one another, we allow for the manifestation of who that person really is. And in the cleansing of hearts in this way, in the love and the honoring and the meekness of life, people will come alive. Unity will be built. And it makes me think of Ephesians 4, 12 through 13. This is the NIV version, which I don't love, but it's what I have pulled up right now. It says, to equip his people. This is after he talks about prophets, evangelists, teachers, um, you know, um, whatever, right after that part. He says, to equip the people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until 
we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God who became mature, attaining to the whole measure of the stature of Christ. This is what the body is supposed to be. We're going to keep doing this generation after generation after generation until we attain the whole measure of the stature of Christ, Christ revealed in us, the hope of glory. And how much more, so we often think about, I'm going to go off a little left here, so bear with me. But I think about how often we look for the end times symbols, signals, as being, oh, in the days of Noah, you know, the giants and the Sasquatch and all these crazy things are happening. Wars and rumors of war. You said Sasquatch? Yes, Sasquatch. Keep going. (laughs) Tell me more. And so we think about looking for these types of signs, right? The, the rumors of war, blah, 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 famine. Yeah. It's been happening for the entire gen- forever, folks. It's been happening yeah. for literally ever. If it's not happening in your country, it's happening somewhere. I don't know that it's a really great signal to look for because it's been happening. But then I think about something like Ephesians 4, 12 through 13, and I'm like, okay, or Isaiah 60, and I'm like, when the glory of the Lord arises and shines upon us, and kings from all these nations come to bow down before us to serve us because his, he's revealed in us. Now that will be a sign nobody will be able to get confused about. <laughs> yeah, about it. Wow. Right? Or yeah. until we are perfected into the full revelation of Christ, attaining to it. The yeah. unity, the, the John 17, when Jesus prayed for that they would be one as we are one. This is this this that's my heart cry, my prayer. Oh Lord, I just want to know that oneness. And it started out as me being, I just want to know that oneness within myself because of you know dissociative identity issues, <clears throat> and then coming into just wanting to be at peace in my body, and then realizing it's even goes beyond that. I want the oneness of the body. I want the oneness of the body with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that's the magnitude he was praying for. And if anybody's prayer is getting answered around here, it's definitely Jesus's prayer, okay? So mm. we got to look for it. <laughs> we have to expect it to be. And as unattainable as something like Ephesians twelve thirteen sounds, we're going to continue until the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But he's doing it, though. He's doing it. He's doing it in in you and in me and in millions and millions of people all over the world. He's bringing about that oneness in small pockets because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about the stages anymore. I don't think it's about the big shots in the kingdom anymore. I think it's about the hearts of individuals coming together in love and honor and respect and vulnerability. And he can build on something like that where nobody's getting the spotlight except for him and You talk to a lot of people, and I would, I would venture a guess that you're hearing this ripple through a little bit more and more. Like, man, we're just really buckling down and getting to know Christ for ourselves. Yeah. And not depending on the idol that churchianity has become. Yeah. That was a lot of rabbit trails. <laughs> they all came together, that's for sure. Amen. <laughs> I do see this ripple effect and, and this is what's changing for me. It's like, 
you know, I started this podcast because no one else really other than like Canary Cry Radio that I was aware of was talking about these strange things and, and introducing some humor and just going, you know, diving into the weird. But at the time, I remember like, God, what do I do with all these weird topics? And I would feel, well, just be patient. You know, just be like, it's in the word. I'm going to give you rhema and strength and, and meekness, reserved power for all of this that's ahead. And, and now, you know, years and years and years gone by, Carly, and I just realized, like, that's cool to have an answer in season now to season. And believe me, I will be doing another Bigfoot episode somewhere down the road. It's not planned, but it's just, <laughs> I'm not like saying, oh, get rid of all this weird stuff. But that stuff shouldn't come before us really like slowing down and being like, Lord, take me deeper, heal this part of me that I've hidden from you. And just that our personal relationship and encouraging each other to go there Mm -hmm. and giving it a space because we're talking about it and encouraging other people because a lot of the times people will reserve their thoughts and emotions because no one around them uh, are worthy of bouncing those thoughts, emotions, and ideas off of. Mm. You you said a key thing a few minutes ago about, Hey, check out your circle, you know, get some real men and women of God in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, have those kind of relationships where they sharpen you and bring out the best in you because they're going to cry with you. They're going to laugh with you. They're going to help you carry the heavy stuff. And then sometimes you get to throw your hands behind your head and throw your feet up and just sing a worship song by the campfire and enjoy an evening. Like yeah. you need people to do life with. Yeah, for sure. You do. And it's, it makes everything more personal. Now it takes the hit Christian you know, music artist or rapper or whatever cool pastor has this large following, it takes them out of the scenario mm-hmm. of like someone else nursing you and, and rocking you along. And it puts the reality of this temporary life back into you know, the place it should be, what, mm-hmm. which is us to decide, God, I want to go deeper with you. And some mm-hmm. people don't decide that. Some people go, that's crazy. Rodney sounds like he's going to go hug a tree or something like that. <laughs> Whatever. I that's highly it. recommend hugging trees. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's actually like not a it's, bad thing to do. Like there's a, a lot of energy. <laughs> okay. We're not going to get on that road. Try. Uh, but I digress. <clears throat> but, <sighs> Let's go here. Let me, let me propose okay. this. Okay. Okay. So oneness is inclusive but not as the world has sold inclusivity which is not Mm. inclusive at all but oneness is it is inclusive there's there this is when you were talking this is what the lord said to me is there not room in my body for that too and as you were listing things you know like oh the woo woo you know the sasquatch conversations the the weird encounters with god and whatever there's there's room in the body of Christ for all of these conversations. He's yes. the creator of everything made. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to talk about the weird, there's still room in the body to talk to that can be in the body and we still talk about the basic stuff like 
you got to spend time in the word. It's not yes. mutually exclusive, you see? So yeah. we're all part of it. So if your interests yeah. are are more in the woo-woo, God bless you. Journey with the Lord. Filter it through the Bible. Live in that realm of revelation. Do it. Be it. Because yeah. the more you manifest who you are, the more free we all become because we're one. Oh, we're geez, one. Please go go reveal Christ in your corner of the world. Go be who he made you to be. Flesh out the things you're interested in with him. Do it. Heal. Become. Rest. Get up. Cry. Be honest. Be vulnerable. Honor. Rejoice. Have humor. All those things. It affects not just you. It affects all of us. The authenticity of who he made you to be manifests day in and day out. It affects the whole body. Just like if I can't utilize my pinky finger, it affects my whole hand. If I stub my toe, it affects my whole body. But because we are limited in our understanding, we, we filter everything through a three-dimensional paradigm. It's hard to conceptualize the fact that when Rod's heart heals from the things he's been sharing in his recent podcasts, when he heals from those things, it affects me too. Mm. It affects other people too because we are one body in Christ. And folks, we're going to keep continuing around and around and around till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So become the fullness of Christ. Mm. Whatever that looks like for you, it doesn't matter. It's wow. not mine to judge. You journey with the Lord into whatever you got to journey into the Lord with. It's way better to do it with him. Honestly wow. and consistently, diligence is the key. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing. Just keep being diligent with the Lord. Do it, do it, do it. He asks you to make a shift, make a shift. But if you, mm. if you think the Lord's asking you to make a shift every 30 seconds, you're dealing with confusion, and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that's that's epic and wow it's like this is this is uncharted territory in so many ways because it really hasn't been demonstrated for us right like mm -mm. and it it's exciting it's like an adventure but it's also it in, it it we have to bring all of it out that needs to come out and mm -hmm. we have to get rid of what shouldn't be there. Yeah. Empty and clear up some space. And it's just so interesting. I like the balance. Like there really is no parameters on this podcast. Like I've always kind of been tugged by the spirit. Like in a lot of ways, I'm just capturing my growth journey and, and going these places and, and dealing with this stuff because it's important to me. Well, Thankfully, it's important to some other people too. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, as I listen to your podcast, and I do, I go back and I, I listen to it weekly and I really come out with new stuff. And I think to myself, what Rod is really doing is looking at the fullness of, of life, be it the simple things or the mysteries, through the lens of Christ and just having honest conversations about it. Mm. And so... Because he is the creator of all the things and all the things that exist exist because of him and in him, we live and move and have a brain. 
our being, that's a wide net. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wide net. So how do you narrow it down to one thing, right? Yeah. But I think the the one thing that you bring to the table consistently is you're looking through the lens of Christ to see what he has to say about any given topic while honoring the vessels through which he's speaking. And that's a really important role to play. Because when I hear your heart, when I hear someone else's heart, when I hear what the Lord is saying to this person, the next person, that person's aspects of his being are being made manifest. They're being revealed right there in front of me. What greater honor could the Lord bestow upon me than to hear what he is doing in someone else's life. There's no greater honor in my book, no greater honor. And even if it's the beginning of Christianity, new Christian stuff, man, like people, when they first get that he lives in them and they're excited about that, man, what a beautiful thing to behold and witness. And just to be in that moment with people, and I think you do that really well. I, I honestly do. Wow, that's really humbling. I think you just wrapped up like what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Most time, <laughs> I'd like to hear you say it. I'm like, I'm like I'm gonna freaking cry over here, man. Like, is that really what's happening? Like, that's, that's amazing. What, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's how it sounds to me. That's what. That's the yeah. thread. That's the thread is you listen to what the Lord is doing through other wow. people and, and you're honoring their story. And, and really they're just revealing Christ as they understand him. And yeah. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. I, ne- it's- I never really thought of it like that. That's well, I mean, really that's what we're supposed to do. Like, yeah. In a nutshell, that's kind of what we're supposed to do in every area of life, but I've failed so bad in other areas. I'm like, Lord, don't let me get this wrong, you know? And it's like this constant battle. It is. Like we talked about earlier about this wrestling the flesh and learning to not allow that enemy to uh, remind you of of what's Mm -mm. in the past and moving on to what's better. And and this podcast is like a safe place for me. Like even though like people listen, like, I don't know, like all over the place, like they listen. But like when I'm interviewing somebody, it's just... It's me and that other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes you know, across. and I'm trying to take on the mind of Christ. You know, I'm trying to ca- take capture this, these thoughts and these ideas that that a million messages and signals causing confusion and chaos. Obviously, that's been like the the ground premises of the show since you know, back in 2019. In development is like all oh, these stuff going on. Let's take this journey together and discovering truth. Right. Amen. But. Mm-hmm. How, what it morphs into over time, sometimes I don't even see it. And it's just humbling. It really is, really is cool. Thank you so much for that feedback and just sharing that. And, and it's so cool to, you know, some people are too cool, I guess, to listen to the podcast that come on. <laughs> but like, I love if somebody listens and then comes on because it's like, you you kind of get who I am and we can kind of mm-hmm. flow and just, it's, it's always a good thing. And, uh, well, I don't, let me hit you with a couple questions and let's okay. just kind of transition into a few things that I had in mind because I really want to know what your thoughts are on 
you know, we, we had prayed earlier and we talked a little bit about the, the seven spirits um, that Revelation talks about. Can we just do a recap on that real quick? I mean, this came up on a roundtable on Fringe Radio Network with a bunch of other people that I did a few weeks ago. And one of the gentlemen was saying like, yeah, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough in, you know, these, these church conversations or podcast conversations. And if we do, it doesn't get much weirder than when Revelation talks about these seven spirits of God. So, I mean, I'm there, I have it pulled up, but, but let's just talk about that really quick. I mean, it's, what does your mind do with that? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to me. I can't say that I have any super duper insight on these. Okay. Okay. Let me put it like this. I don't know how this is going to land, but this, <laughs> this is what's coming up. So each one of these spirits of the Lord, are they are realms of encounter. They are mm. aspects of his manifestation. So wow. the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, well, wisdom is easy to find in the Bible because like the beginning of Proverbs talks about wisdom you could just it, it, that's i don't want to say easy like no big deal <laughs> you know john the book of john says wisdom was there in the beginning and so that's obviously super yeah. deep right but like it's a little easier to find in scripture yeah and understanding i think that's the original language for that word is shema but hmm. it's like i often approach these things like the spirit of the lord is a realm of encounter mm-hmm. lord like in prayer i will say I will just ask, because God is an open door. He's like, come unto me. Come, 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 come. I don't have any shut doors. Come on, come. We'll meet. We'll talk. We'll sup. We'll cry. We'll laugh, right? He, he doesn't have a lock on his bedroom door, if you will. So when I enter prayer, sometimes I'll just say, Lord, I want to meet with the spirit of the Lord. I want to meet with the spirit of wisdom. I want to meet with the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wow. counsel, the spirit of might the spirit of knowledge, the fear of the Lord. And the way that this will go for me personally is I'll try to find where the presence of the Lord is by kind of feeling around in the spirit. So I'll like pray in tongues for a while. A lot of times I walk around when I pray because I got to keep it moving, folks. I don't sit still well. So that helps Hmm. me. Or I'll put on worship songs like I really like Jesus Image. There's a lady out of Nigeria called Victoria Ornez um, that I just put on. And like if I feel the spirit kind of moving, then I stay in that place. Or sometimes I'll just sit down in the word and like I'll be on Psalm 18 for like months because that's where I'm finding him. And then when I find where his presence is. I just ask the spirit of the Lord to come in and sup with me, or I'll ask the spirit of wisdom to come in and sup with me. And there, there's something discernible in the encounter with the Lord that shifts. It's still the Lord, but it like takes on a certain flavor, if you will. Or it's not, it's very nuanced for my, for maybe for other people it's not, but it's, it's nuanced. It's like, 
And then the way that he speaks is kind of tuned to the frequency of wisdom or tuned to the frequency of counsel or might or the fear of the Lord. And a lot of times, like when I encounter the fear of the Lord, for example, there's a lot of repentance, like deep repentance, not in the condemnation kind of repentance, but in the like, yeah, I'm holding that in my heart, Lord, help me help me, you know, and there's often tears that come with that. But every aspect of the Lord, every manifestation that he gives us as a, as an example in scripture is a place to meet him at in prayer. And so that's how I approach the seven spirits of the Lord. I just want to share a testimony about that really quick. And then whatever your other questions are, we'll roll. But I had a vision a few back in April. And I was standing before the lamb of God slain. And I often in my imagination pictured the lamb slain as just a passed out lamb sleeping. Very cute, very tidy, not messy at all. <laughs> right. But this encounter was not my imagination. So it looked very different. And it was the lamb of God brutalized, like shredded, bloody, terrible, terrible mess, tragic. And I looked and my heart was just breaking inside of me because I'm like, this is so much worse than I thought. Rod, I looked down at my hand in this vision and I saw that I was holding the cat of nine tails. And something rose up inside of me, this memory, this, I have, there's a few deep regrets in my life. And one of them rose up and came to the front of my mind. And I felt my hand lift up. And as I was holding this thought in the front of my mind and just feeling the sorrow and the pain and the regret and like the hurt I caused other people, my hand raised up with the cat of nine tails and I lashed at the lamb. And it was bloody and it got all over me. And right behind that, another thought rose up. Pain, sorrow, grief, deep hurt, ugh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking pain. And I rose my hand up again and I lashed at him. And it started to come out of me, all these memories, and I was lashing at the lamb. And I looked and I opened my eyes and I saw that with every lash, his eyes got brighter and brighter. Like he was looking at me with love. This slain, brutalized lamb, the more I struck him with my sin, the more he looked at me with love. And it made me think about he did not despise the shame. And I was dying inside. I, I, it's so hard to describe the way I felt. I, I, I felt like I was dying. It hurt me deep, deep into my gut. And as I was crying, this light started to gather in the lamb. And as I poured out my sorrow on him, the light gathered and gathered and gathered until Yeshua HaMashiach rose out as a man and stood before me. And he said to me, you were not made to carry those things. 
Only I was made to carry those things. And when you hold back from giving me those things that hurt you the most, you are withholding glory from me. You weren't made to carry it. I was made to carry it. And it's pride to withhold your suffering from me. And he embraced me. And he said to me, the only thing that I can clothe in my glory is humility. Meekness, a humble spirit, a contrite heart, is the only thing that is stable enough to carry his glory. It's the only thing, because look at Satan. He had all the accoutrements of glory, and he betrayed. He betrayed because he lacked humility. His glory is revealed in us when we are humbled, when we give over to him that which only he was made to carry, and that is all of our pain and our sorrow and our hurt. Because in that, he's glorified. Why do you think he had to go down to hell and take back all that stuff? Why did he have to take upon himself the sins of the world? Because in doing so, his strength was revealed. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. He lived that example. That was probably one of the heaviest moments I've had listening to a guest on this show, Carly. When you had mentioned the lamb. And how you had the cat of nine tails in your own hand. And it's so strange because recently I looked up what a Roman flagrum is. Hopefully I'm saying that right. You have pieces of bone webbed into the leather strands and pieces of iron. And it just. It's brutal. Yeah, I could barely even get through just. The idea, I mean, I was weeping at, at just the reality of what Christ went through. And for you just to share that perspective, if we have pride, like we're holding this stuff back, we're not giving it to him, but he was designed for it. But like, oh my gosh, I don't we even weren't, know. We weren't designed for say. it. We weren't yeah. designed for it. And, and he want. I remember, and I, at one point he was was just he was saying to me give it to me give it to me his eyes were full of love it's it's the most wild thing like just you can't there's nobody nobody um, that ever existed on the planet would not look at you with hate if you treated they, they would die first of all second of all they would hate you they'd have to go through but that's not him that's not him and and it just really helped me to understand what my soul was made for because I've despised my soul. I'm like, you are so unhinged. <laughs> what the heck? You're like having a haunt in the house. You just you're you're in the house of my body and you just you're you're not stable and it's scary. And by that I mean because when you live through trauma, you get triggered and things can get difficult. And I've lived that. Yeah. But my point is is that. He's had to show me that our soul, our soul, it's been only made to carry love, joy, peace, patience, humbleness, 
just what it was designed to carry. And if you're carrying anything other than that, it's not yours to carry. That's why it feels like it's killing you. Because it is. Because it's not yours to carry. Are you going to saddle a house cat with a plow and then shame it for not being able to pull it through some gnarly, rooted, rocky soil? No. Because the cat wasn't designed to do that. You weren't designed to carry sin. You were designed to carry love and humility and humor and peace. Lay it down. You have to let it go. He will not despise you. He will not. He will love you and you will grow in your respect. You will grow in the fear of the Lord, in the spirit of might and counsel and wisdom. You will grow in him. By giving to him what you can't carry so he can give you what you were designed to carry, which is his presence and his love. Yeah, it reminds me of 1 Peter 5, 7. We're supposed to cast our care upon him, mm. for he careth for us. Exactly. Exactly. This is why he says, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Yeah. We're we're saddled with a whole lot of false yokes. One of my regular prayers is, Lord, I call for the immediate removal of all false yokes. And and every Mm -hmm. single time, I feel like my shoulders lift up. (laughs) I feel lighter. I feel lighter in my heart. Because I think these things just come upon us unannounced, you know? So I let it, I try to let it go. and, And I can definitely feel when I've neglected to say those words because I start to feel really heavy and really it just you know to tie it together you know for myself and just for a listener out there you know the power of our tongue you know mm-hmm. so if it's been a couple of weeks since you got real with the lord there's no better time than to pause this recording right now and whatever you've been towing along and you know yelling and stubbing your toe and cursing and being angry and frustrated just let that stuff go whatever burden that you are dragging along that you don't need to let it go we can do this together let's let that thing go because this is why the word this is why the word is here like for our correction our reproof just for us to be reminded Mm -hmm. and here we are tonight in this Yeah. And sometimes it can help to actually employ your imagination in this thing. Yeah. Well, yes. Because you can, you can see yourself laying those things down at Jesus. You can see in your imagination, just take what I've said and have the same imagination. Just because I saw it in the spirit doesn't mean that you seeing it in the imagination is any less effective. The imagination of the heart, you can do a word search in the Bible. It's a whole thing. But lay it down. Let that. Let yourself have that grief and give it over. It's okay. Well, that does spawn an interesting question. Just with the gift of seeing versus, like, maybe the gift of like a the word of knowledge, right? Um, and then the imagination what how does that really play in like i have a very vivid imagination it's always been something that i mean i could li- i listen to people talk this is not all the time but there's some times where i can watch little movie clips in my head that are very 
awesome about what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I just just helped me to understand, like, if you're for people who offer operate in the gift of knowledge, for example, or word of knowledge, right? So it's like they just kind of like know something, or wh- whether it's prophetic. I don't know if I'm using the right words here, but what I'm getting at is like. We're supposed to take captive our thoughts to the obedience of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll hear this in the building, but like we really don't have the best examples of how people sitting down, like what you just said, like triggered it where you're like, hey, practice your imagination for that, which is is righteous, right? Like yeah, for sure. Cleansing yeah. your mind in that. I mean, really, I don't know. Where 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 can we go from well, there? If, like what's going on with this? There's a whole lot to say about the imagination. I'm my husband has been journeying in the realm of the importance of the imagination for a good long time. And I I'm not gonna do it justice because I'm gonna compare the things he said to me to what's gonna come out of my mouth, and I know it's not <laughs> it's not gonna be quite <laughs> it. But I will say this about the imagination. Employ it when you're reading the word especially when you know it's telling you stories you know like uh, Ezekiel he's telling you the story he's painting a picture take your time and employ your imagination because your imagination can okay I don't have theology for this so don't come for my jugular but the imagination has a creative force to create realms And here's an example. When I have had fussy times with my husband, as I've been maturing and working out my salvation with fear and trembling, I used to have this issue where I would argue with my husband alone in my head (laughs) because I know what he's fixing to say. And he, I know what I'm going to say. And he's going to say that. And I'm going to say this. And the Lord stopped me one time. And he said, you are creating a thought realm and pulling actual things about your life into this thought realm and it's chaos. And then you go into your home and you're like, why does it feel so chaotic? And he's like, because Carly, (laughs) you have created a realm with your imagination and pulled aspects of your life into it. And it was created in chaos because you're imagining an argument with your husband. And now you come home and you argue with him. It's no mystery what happened. So this is why we have to cast down vain imaginations. That was a vain imagination. It was vain because what is it going to produce in my life? Just some more arguments and chaos. So when he said that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to not do this, right? So what I would have to do is start singing songs or listening to podcasts or anything else other than creating these thought realms until I could, seriously, until I could get before the Lord and say, look at my heart, please, my God, because I'm it, regardless of what he's doing or not doing, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. He's he's a man like men are, just like I'm human, whatever. But my heart, oh, my heart. I'm making these things out of my heart. Oh, my God. Help me. <laughs> Help. Right? Stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm not focused on him changing the circumstance anymore. I'm focused on him changing my heart, which is creating all this chaos in my life. And so... The imagination can be employed for good or for bad. Be careful what you're imagining. If you're imagining sickness, disease, if you're imagining 
not having enough, if you're imagining fights with your children, you're imagining fights with your boss, you're, you hate your job, and when you're off your job, you're imagining how crappy your job is. These things are creating a force in your life that is just perpetual bondage. Stop it. So we can cry and we can pray out to the Lord and we can pour out our heart as a drink offering and, and complain before him. He doesn't mind. But on the backside of that, we have to speak what's true. And we have to take time to imagine the better. And this is where you employ your imagination in reading the scripture. Read Ezekiel. Picture it. Read Jesus' account when he's talking about stuff and they tell they give you some context and some scenes. Sit there and picture it. Create it in your brain. Put yourself in it. Sit in that room, that house, when the paraplegic was lowered through the roof. Imagine you were one of his friends. Imagine you were sitting next to Jesus when this guy got lowered. Like, be there. Do it. Because those imaginations are not vain. They're not. He, they become realms of encounter. And maybe it, it is, in fact, birthed from your imagination. But the Lord will meet you there regardless because he made you as a creator, creative force. You are a creative force. You were made in his image and likeness. And you have creative abilities including creative abilities to make realms, thought realms, encounter realms. Our capacity is so vast. So the imaginations of the heart will often reveal to you things that you need to repent and work on with the Lord, that working out your salvation with fear and trembling like my example I gave, that was an imagination of my heart that I had to work out with the Lord with fear and trembling because I realized the common denominator and some of this is me. <laughs> Help, <laughs> Jesus. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, the scriptures talk about in Proverbs, so a man thinketh he is. Mm-hmm. And everything that you just said is really like a breakdown. Like it, it just packages it in a way that so much more helpful to understand that because after hearing you, I'm reminded of that verse and it's like, yeah, so this is what the process looks like. And I'm identifying with so much of what you're saying. It's like, there's times where I feel like you're taking words right out of my mouth and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is good. This is why the mustard seed lives on because- it's a good thing. This is oneness. Well, I, he talks yes, to us oneness. about the same thing in many different ways. And then there's these common threads. And when you hear someone else say them, you're like, oh, he said that to me too. And it's like, well, yeah, because we're one body. He's talking to yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm just completely amazed by this conversation. I, this is very helpful, very edifying, uplifting, and really – um part three is not enough i mean we're to the part where yeah part four is gonna gonna be in the near future as well just because there's a ton of questions i have that like i'm so glad i didn't get to because that means we get a part four but this one right here is is one for the records because Mm -hmm. i believe it's close to god's heart i believe that this is really what his people need to hear like we agreed on and talked on earlier, it doesn't need to be weird all the time. Sometimes for me. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But but the balancing act of, oh, God, here's my heart. Take me deeper. Mm-hmm. Ring the bell a little bit. <laughs> to unveil some things. <laughs> Bring me a friend who's not afraid to listen and build and sharpen. I'm thankful for this podcast and I'm really thankful for your time tonight, Carly. So we're going to kind of wind down here a little bit. I guess I'll just ask one last question. Um, what do you think is one of the most important messages for the millennial generation today? If God gave you the microphone and said, Carly, you have a three minute window to speak to the millennial generation What's the most important thing? Well, after thing I got off the him? floor because God handed me a microphone. <laughs> okay, let's back up a little bit. One of the lower cherubims comes over and says, This is from the throne of the most high, you know. But but I mean Yeah, yeah. In the day we're living in, like we never know when like technology is like not gonna be. Like oh, what if this imagine. is the like, Yeah, I just think of like, okay, what if there's a blackout for a little while? And I'm not saying that's coming, I'm not saying it's not coming, but but what I'm getting at here, Carly is what if this was the last opportunity to reach the majority of the listeners? What would you say to them? You have the green light right now. Oh my God. Okay. So many things are like ripping through my head. (laughs) Okay. So, but the number one thing that's coming to my mind is not too long ago, I was, well, during the COVID lockdowns, we were all lamenting a lot of things. (laughs) Okay. One of the things I was lamenting was I was like, Lord, Look at all these people that are so confused about their identity. What is going on? Like, you, ma'am, are not a squirrel. I know you feel like a squirrel. I have too much coffee and I feel like a squirrel, but I know I'm not an actual squirrel. And I was just like, God, you need to step in here. This is getting really sketchy. Like, what you can't have grown men in leotards in the women's bathroom with little children what are we doing with ourselves what is happening and he said to me because i was upset you know i was like pissed and he said to me the confusion of identity you see in the culture is a direct reflection of the confusion of identity of my people who are called according to my name because you don't know who you are, how can the world know who they are? Oh my God. <laughs> oh Jesus. And then he said to me, everyone who waves a rainbow flag has become a beacon of encounter with me. And I'm coming for them. And he said, the more my people understand who they are and they be that. That's a journey. That's not an event, folks. That's a journey. There's a lot that goes into it. Keep going. Keep going. You're doing great. The more that the world will experience order in things. Because all of creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Because there's redemption in that. And so when we look out at the world and we're like, what about this? You're all so messed up. 
If you're going to use a sword on somebody else like that, use it on yourself first. The sword of the spirit. It divides bone and marrow, thoughts and intents of the heart. You have to use it on yourself first. So, my now more than three-minute message. Somebody took the mic from me. That cherub, he took the mic. It's been three <laughs> minutes. Um, is <laughs> really learn who you are and, and learn who he is in you and who you are in him. And it's big, folks. It's real big. You're not small of no substance or significance you're not you're huge you are so important you are tremendously important you are valued at the creator himself that's your value that's your value you're huge and the last thing i would say just grabbing at the mic with the cherub is learn to love learn to love learn to love learn to love love is a dangerous thing it's risky you, you could get hurt. I got hurt. I get hurt. I hurt others. I love. But we have to learn to love. We have to learn to love. It's so important. You could do everything else right, but if you don't love, you ain't doing it right. I'm, I'm talking to myself now because, hey, if we had another hour, that would be another journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an, always an honor to connect with you and just you're a bright light in this day and age and you're causing others to brighten their lights arise and shine for thy light is come and the glory of the lord is risen upon thee for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee you guys share this one i don't care how you share this episode word of mouth text message via email post it on your social media it doesn't matter just share this episode because that's how we find one more person just like you and me mm-hmm. coming to you from southeastern pennsylvania god bless and goodbye